Good morning. It's Thursday, the seventh of December, and this is Govindra Jethiraj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital, desperately seeking the first signs of winter. You can join this podcast at six a.m. weekdays in Delhi, eight thirty a.m. in Singapore, and seven thirty p.m. in New York. Our top stories and themes for the day: the stock markets hit fresh highs and stay there. Oil falls to a five-month low despite threats of supply cuts. Gold delivers solid returns to investors. Will it hold there? A 58% jump in onion prices pushes up thali costs for Indians. And airline industry revenues expected to touch a record $964 billion dollars in 2024 with as many passengers. This is a core report with Govindraj Athiraj. And the markets are still going strong. Well, another day, another high. The Nifty and the Sensex hit fresh lifetime highs of 20,958 and 69,701. The Sensex finally closed Wednesday at 69,653. That's up 357 points while the Nifty closed at 20,937. Or up 82 points, so the Nifty is above 20,000 and well above it, and heading towards 21,000. There's a lot of new buying happening today, including by foreign institutional investors who have now returned after a three-month hiatus of sorts that lasted into November. Though on Wednesday they were net sellers, and of course the confidence that there would be electoral, political, and economic continuity in next year's general elections, which at this point is still around six months away. And of course, the more recent GDP results or the GDP numbers that came in for the July to September quarter at seven point six percent, which people were not expecting. Among the many asset classes, the only asset, if you do want to call it that, is the rupee, which has been weak. The rupee appreciated five paise against the U.S. dollar on Wednesday, led by a somewhat bullish trend in domestic equities, which I just referred to. And overall sustained foreign fund inflows. It ended at eighty-three rupees thirty-three paise a dollar, as compared to the previous close of eighty-three rupees thirty-eight paise. As we've been talking in recent episodes, the rupee is likely to stay in this range for some time, as the Reserve Bank of India constantly intervenes or not. The dollar index, which gauges the greenback strength against a basket of six currencies, was trading about point zero seven percent lower at one hundred and three. 0.97. Now the elevated greenback in the overseas markets and dollar buying by the Reserve Bank of India capped those sharp gains for the rupee. Forex traders told Reuters. The auto industry has a good November. Some 2.9 million vehicles were sold across the country in November, beating a previous record of 2.6 million in March 2020, when the auto industry was shifting to stricter emission norms. Sales last month were helped by the festive season, and I'll come to that in a little more detail. And 3.8 million weddings between November 23rd and December 15th, according to the Federation of Automobile Dealers Association. All categories of vehicles, including two-wheelers, three-wheelers, and passenger vehicles, grew close to 20 percent, give or take, actually, year on year. Tractors and commercial vehicles were down. Tractors were down 21 percent, and commercial vehicles 2 percent. 
This is a record month. That's November and we expect the momentum to continue. However, passenger vehicle inventory is a cause of concern, Manish Singhania, president of FADA, said in a statement. Two-wheeler sales had all-time high retails in November thanks to Diwali celebrations and rural demand. And new product launches and better supply helped the two-wheeler market and electric vehicle sales show a somewhat encouraging upward trajectory. Earlier, Fada had shared that the 42-day festival period that starts in Navratri and on to Diwali in mid-November also saw a record 10% jump in sales. The issue, of course, or the question is how things are going to be in coming months. As we reported yesterday, a senior executive from Maruti Suzuki said that he expected sales to actually start slowing down from the 7.9% they had seen earlier to closer to 6% in coming months. Oil prices fall. And now our energy segment in partnership with the India Energy Week. Good news for oil consumers, including hopefully at our own pumps very soon. Oil fell for a fifth session, touching the lowest since early July, as a flood of US exports and doubts over whether the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC+, would be able to deliver on its planned production cuts, which raised concerns about oversupply, Bloomberg reported. Brent crude fell below $77 a barrel after falling more than 7% over the previous four sessions. Amazingly, crude shipments from America are now nearing a record 6 million barrels a day, according to estimates from ship tracking firms, Bloomberg reported, and more on the US market in a moment. Crude is falling despite the OPEC and its allies announcing deeper output cuts on Thursday. Meanwhile, Reuters is reporting that U.S. gasoline prices are the lowest they've been since January and by Christmas could fall below $3 a gallon for the first time since 2021. Analysts are predicting that this should boost consumer confidence during the holiday shopping season. The national average price for a gallon of gasoline that's in the United States stood at $3.23 on Tuesday, down 15% since mid-September. Still on energy and back home, Adani Electricity, which supplies roughly half of Mumbai's electric power, has said it will provide 60% renewable electricity to Mumbai by 2027, setting a global record for a large city, the group chairman Gautam Adani said on Wednesday. Adani Electricity achieved a landmark by powering Mumbai entirely with 100% renewable energy, the company said. Tata Power is the other supplier to Mumbai. The energy segment is supported by the India Energy Week to be held from February 6th next year. Details are at www.indiaenergyweek.com. High gold prices, how long will they hold? Yesterday, we spoke of how rising gold prices were prompting many Indians to exchange gold jewellery for new pieces as the wedding season got underway. Spot gold has continued to hit record highs and has risen from more than 10% since early October and speculation that the Federal Reserve will cut rates early next year. On Monday, bullion had climbed to a record high of $2,135 on bets that a Fed rate cut would come before dropping more than $100 in the same session, thanks to uncertainty over the timing of that cut, Reuters reported. As assets go, gold has done pretty well in recent years, beating many asset classes, and I will come to that and more details shortly. Gold prices are now ruling over or around 62,000 rupees per 10 grams in many parts of India, also being the mark beyond which people tend to sell or exchange their gold. So the question, of course, is what is the prognosis for gold as things stand and what is the story so far? 
I reached out to Surendra Mehta, Secretary General of the more than a century old India Bullion and Jewelers Association, which also sets gold rates for most transactions in India. And I began by asking him how he was seeing prices right now and his outlook. First of all, the Indian wedding season has nothing to do with gold prices, which are being basically controlled by the overseas suppliers and mining companies. And let me tell you, the gold prices have nothing to do with demand and supply because we have noticed that during COVID, there was no demand for gold, but the gold prices were skyrocketing. So it has nothing to do with demand and supply. Basically, gold prices have been rising only because of two major reasons. One is geopolitical tension and another reason is on the anticipation that Fed is going to cut the interest rate or at least it may not raise the interest rate. And people have been transferring some of their earnings from other asset class to the safe haven because they understand the smart investors and smart traders understand that other asset class might collapse because they have been rising at a much faster speed than what gold is. When you say other asset classes, do you mean stocks and bonds or? Yes, equity has been rising. The property prices in some of the countries have been rising. So these are the two major reasons because even if you look at some Indian analysts, those who were against the gold sometimes back are now talking in favor of so I don't want to name anybody, but you know, so what it means that they are advising their clients, they themselves are adding gold in their the portfolio. So overall, gold has been rising. And one interesting thing which I have noticed without naming anybody, I would say there are community who do not earn interest, who do not want to earn interest because of their religious sentiment. And if we get this kind of return, they would definitely go in for such investment. Because they are getting return without interest. So interest is not allowed in their community. Right. Yeah. And gold is not an interest-bearing instrument. Okay. So what's the kind of returns that you've been seeing in gold, which you feel also, and you were telling me just before we started this as well, has been quite competitive? See, in last eight years, we have seen about 11% per annum compounded annual growth in terms of gold. But looking forward from here, I see this trend may continue for another year or so because of geopolitical tension, because of Fed cutting interest rate, which might happen in 2024 followed by 2025. So for about another two years, we might get similar kind of return, may say about between 8 to 9% return. But thereafter, this return might get little lower to about 3% or 4% annual. Right. So at this point, for example, when prices cross, let's say, 61,000 rupees per 10 grams, usually people sell gold or convert it. Again, not necessarily linked to wedding season, but it could maybe increase during wedding season. How much of that are you seeing happen? It has been happening after the gold crossed 60,000 rupees, but not on the scale what we would like to see because most of this uh, NBFCs and banks who are now giving money against the gold, they are very aggressive. So people have been borrowing money at 7.5%, 8%, 9% against the gold and gold jewelry instead of selling their gold. Because they understand that we are going to get return of 11%, 12%. So why sell gold instead borrow money from the bank, which looks good for them. So are you seeing any spikes this year? I mean, when I say this year, I mean this calendar and on to next, which is really between, let's say, December and Feb, March. Or are you seeing it more or less consistent as it's been right now? 
what I see is that in 2024, we might see a bottom from here, maybe about $200, $300. And so I would rather give you a range for 2024 would be between $1784 to $2,250. So we will see that kind of volatility in the international market only because of two reasons, geopolitical tension and Fed interest rate. If any other reason comes in between any exceptional things arises, then it might escalate further. How are you seeing the impact of gold that's either imported in the form of bullion or in the form of jewelry? And do you see more of that happening at this point of time because it is cheaper overseas right now? See, we always import bullion in our country. The duty on bullion is about 15%. The duty on jewelry is about 25%. So, of course, jewelry is hardly imported in our country. So, bullion import will remain as the primary thing years to come. But I don't expect any demand to rise in another two years. Because I feel that the government continues with the instrument like sovereign gold bond. A lot of investors would switch on to sovereign gold bond because of so many tax benefits and holding it in a secure way with sovereign guarantee of government of India. So you're saying that as you see more people or at least the investing class would prefer the paperless version of gold rather than the virtual version of it rather than the real version of it. Yes, 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 definitely. Srinderji, thank you so much for joining me. Thali prices are rising again. Well, gold prices are up and so is the cost of food, except that you can't invest in food. A sharp 58% increase in onion and a 35% increase in tomato prices month on month has pushed up the cost of food served in Indian homes. The cost of a vegetarian thali or lunch or dinner plate with multiple vegetables and dals increased 10% in November as compared to October according to rating agency Crystal, which tracks this specially constructed index. As compared to last November, the price is up 9%, Crystal said. The cost of a non-vegetarian thali has jumped 5% month-on-month. Prices of pulses, which account for about 9% of the veg thali's cost, or the vegetarian thali's cost, are also high and have increased 21% year-on-year. In this roti rice index, as Crystal calls it, the uptake in the price of vegetable thali was attributed to that 58% increase in onion prices and 35% increase in tomato prices, Tomato prices, if you may remember or if you recall, had hit almost 300 rupees per kilogram around September, after which it started falling to the point that people were, or farmers were rather, dumping it on roads. Global airline industry set to report record profits. The global airline industry is projected to register a net profit of about $26 billion in 2024 as more normal growth is expected in both passenger and cargo segments, the global body IATA said on Wednesday. More importantly for 2023, which is where we are right now, the net profit is estimated at almost $23 billion, which is significantly higher than the roughly $10 billion projected by the IATA or the International Air Transport Association in June this year. So between June and the end of this year, that's 2023, things have changed quite significantly. So revenues for 2023 are now expected to touch close to $900 billion, which is about $93 billion higher than expected. Airlines would have earned on an average about $5.5 per passenger carried in 2023. 
And looking ahead, airlines are expected to record or report revenues of about $964 billion. That's tending towards a trillion dollars, which is, of course, a historic high. There are lots of figures here, so I'll go slowly. Some 40 million flights are expected to be available in 2024, exceeding the pre-COVID 2019 peak of about 39 million. IATA, who I have, I think, referred to in the past, but if I have not, has about 300 airlines as members, and the airline's operating profit is expected to touch about $50 billion in 2024, up from $40 billion this year. IATA said that some 4.7 billion people are expected to travel in 2024, which exceeds the 4.5 billion recorded in 2019. And that 2024 figure of 4.7 billion people is obviously a historic high. That's it from me then. On that note, have a great day ahead and see you tomorrow. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn, where we usually post synopses or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including, of course, India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the core.in. And thank you once again for listening.